It's no telling how, how much preaching I have done in this chapter. Back several years ago, I tell the kids a lot of times if I'm preaching a revival somewhere, a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to preach later in the week, but I usually know what I'm going to start off with on Monday night, being prepared for Monday night. And I have some stuff you know, in mind for later in the week, but I don't always know where we'll go after the first service. But usually before I get there on that first meeting, I know where we're going on Monday night. And I was telling the kids, as I do a lot of times, what I was going to preach on on Monday night and all that kind of stuff. And I told them I'd be preaching out of John chapter 9 about that blind man, blind from birth, and how the Lord passed by and saw a man in John chapter 9. And uh, I was in Huntsville, Alabama, and I was worn out and tired, and I, I worked that morning. And then drove out for the afternoon and I made it there in time to get my clothes changed before the evening service and check in the motel where I'd be staying for a couple of days and so forth. And I was just, uh, I was weary in body and so forth. And the devil is one of those nights when the devil had got on my shoulder and said, if you keep preaching like this, your kids ain't never going to love you. And they're going to get mad because you're gone from home so much and your girls is going to get to where they don't want nothing to do with God or church, or the Bible, or any of that stuff, and you better quit all this, you better quit serving the Lord, and staying so busy preaching, and all that business, you're just, you're wasting your time, and all these people aren't listening to you anyway, and your family's going to get mad at you, and they're not going to go with you, and they're not going to love the Lord, and you're going to ruin your life, and all this kind of stuff, the things that he says, and I got there, and I've not moved it, I've just kept it, that's been... That's been about four or five years ago. I got there and I sat down right before church and opened my Bible to John chapter 9. And I had a little orange sticky note right there from Gracie that just said, I love you, Daddy, with some scripture around it and telling me to preach. And uh, you don't think I preached on John chapter 9 that night, do you? Oh, my. I mean, every devil in hell could have been there that night and I'd have fought him with a water pistol. I'm telling you, I was fired up for the Lord and I've kept it in my Bible. I don't move it. If I have to move it to see what's under that verse, I'll move it to the other page, but it stays right there. And sometimes I go to John chapter 9 not to read, but just to see that little sticker and remind myself that the devil is a liar and the father of it. And it pays to serve the Lord. Well, I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I appreciate the Lord and all He does for us. And I'd rather serve Him and live for God than anything else in the whole world. He is the best way to live, and it's the only way to die. And I thank the Lord for all that He does for us, for the reality of the Holy Ghost that dwells in my heart and life. So I appreciate this chapter of the Word of God in John chapter 9. It is a blessing, and I thank the Lord for it. I want to try to preach something from here that I've never preached on before, and that's amazing as many times as I have preached in this chapter of the Word of the Lord. But I'll try to share with you what the Lord's laid on my heart. If you've found your place, if you're able and if you're willing, I'd invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of God's Word. If I can clear up where I can see, I'll read. In John chapter number 9 and in verse number 24 is where we'll begin our reading and go down through verse number 38. The word of the Lord says, Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man, speaking of Jesus, this man is a sinner. He's not, but that's what they said. And this blind man answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they unto him, What did he do to thee? Or what did he to thee? 
that how he opened thine eyes. And he answered them, I have told you already, and he and you did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he, he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, he heareth him. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and thou dost teach us. And they cast him out. They threw him out of church. And Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Notice they cast him out, but Jesus went looking for him. Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? I want to. I desire to believe on him, but I don't know who he is. I'll tell you a little more about that in just a moment. Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. You can be seated. Thank you for standing with us while we read the word of the Lord. This man blind from birth, according to John chapter 9 and verse number 1, had sat by the temple. That's where they were as they had come out of the temple. And Jesus passed him by. The close of chapter 8, it said he had come from the temple and so passed by. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man that was blind from his birth. The disciples wanted to make a theological debate out of this man. Was he blind because he sinned or because his parents sinned? And Jesus reminds them that neither was the case. But he said it was that the works of God might be made manifest in him. It was for the glory of the Lord. And he said, I must work the works of God while it is the one that sent me while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. And then he deals with this blind man. The Bible says that he made spit that he spit into the clay and made or spit into the dirt and made clay and put it on his eyes and commanded him to go wash at the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And when he had washed his eyes, they were open and he could see. But whenever his eyes were open and he could see Jesus was not there. And he had never seen the Lord Jesus Christ. His eyes had been opened. He had been touched by the Lord. But he had never seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And they in the temple, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all of those of the officers of the temple and those that were the attendees there at the temple said, this looks like the man that was born blind. Others said he's like him. But he said, I am he. And they brought him before the officers of the temple and said, 
had, if this man was blind, and yet now he can see. And they asked him how, but it could happen. And he spoke for himself, and he said that the Lord Jesus had made clay, and put it in his eyes, sent him to wash at the pool of Siloam, and that he came seeing. But the Bible said that these people did not believe him. They said, this not the same man. He's an imposter. He's a liar. What he's telling us is not so. And so they called for his parents to come, and positively identify him so as to make sure whether or not what he had claimed about this man Jesus is true. And when his parents showed up, they said, yeah, it's him. That's their sign. But they said, how he was made to see, we don't know. But he said, he's of age. Ask him. And after they had gone through this experience, and when they had questioned them about his personal experience, in verses 8 through 17, the folks at the synagogue didn't like him. And my friend, it drove them over the edge when they told him that it was Jesus who they had been jealous of for quite some time. When his parents had been questioned and they couldn't answer for him about it was his experience. And we don't know how his eyes were open. It's his experience. You'll have to ask him how his eyes were open. We can't speak for somebody else's experience with Jesus. You'll have to ask that man and he can tell you what Jesus has done for him. Not a whole lot of use today for me to try to explain to you what Jesus did for you if you can't tell me what Jesus did for you. I mean, it's your experience, friend. It's your time with the Lord. No need for me to try to tell you when you're saved. Well, if you said this, and if you did that, and if you followed my formula, then you are saved. I'm afraid you'll have to be the one to tell me what Jesus did for you. Hey, you'll have to speak for yourself and testify for yourself what the Lord does in your life. All I can do is present Jesus unto you, and then what Jesus does in your life will be your testimony. It'll be your experience with the Lord. And so he begins to answer for himself in our text verses. He tells them what the Lord did for him, how he made clay again, how he sent him to the pool again, how he restored his sight again, and then they threw him out of the church. They said, this man Jesus is a sinner. I blind man as well as to say, I'm not going to argue with you anymore about whether or not he's a sinner. What I do know is that I once was blind and now I see. And what I do know is that there's nobody ever been able to take blind men. I've gone to every doctor in this part. And there's nobody that's ever been able to take folks that were born blind and give them sight. And this man can do it. And if he can do that, he's come from God. None of you fellows around here has ever done anything like that. Oh, that made them so mad. What do you mean? You're going to instruct us. You're going to tell us. And he 
salvation if the Lord will help me this morning. Oh, why I worship Him. Why I worship Him. Oh, I bless His name. I'll say, friend, listen, this is not a point in the message. But maybe it's the whole point of everything. that they come there to worship. They had been at the house of God to worship. They had tried to find a place to worship. He said in verse 31, We know that God heareth not sinners, that if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. And then he comes down here and he sees the Messiah. And the Bible said he believed the Messiah. And then he worshiped the Messiah. He had a desire for his prayers to be answered. He knew that if he worshipped the Lord, God would hear him. He just told us that in verse 31. And now he came to know who he was. And he put his trust in him and he worshipped the Lord. Oh, this word worship literally means to kiss. It means to lick like a dog licking his master's hand. It means to fall upon one's knees and to touch the ground with the forehead. That's an expression of profound reverence. This word worship means to adore. He worshiped Jesus. I must say too that I worship Him. I worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had people tell me I worship God, but I don't worship Jesus. Well, God tells you to worship Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 1, it said that He brought the firstborn into the world and told all the angels of heaven to worship Him. That firstborn is Jesus. And we are to worship Jesus. Amen. And I worship Him this morning. Matter of fact, did I mention that I love Him? How I worship and adore Him when I could see no way He made a way. And did I mention that He's been faithful That's all I have to say. I praise God. I worship the Lord. I tell you why that I worship Him this morning. I worship Him because He is my Lord. In verse number 38, this young man had said, in verse 36, he had said, Who is He, Lord, that I may worship Him or believe on Him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen Him, and it is He that talketh with Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. He's my Lord. That's why I worship him this morning. Oh, Psalm 45 and 11 said, And so shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. For he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. First Corinthians chapter 12. And verse number 3 tells us that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord. But by the Holy Ghost, I praise God tonight. The Holy 
Amen. It is in the Spirit of God that I came to know Him as my Lord. That first convert of the Apostle Paul said, There's a woman by the name of Lydia, the seller of purple. How she worshipped God and heard the gospel. And the Lord opened her heart according to Acts 16 and 14. You can't worship God unless Jesus is your Lord. How worship says that He is high. He is holy. He is honored. He is honest. How worship says that He is good. That He is God. That He is gracious. That He is glorious. I'm glad He's my Lord. If He's your Lord this morning, then you are His servant. Amen. He's my Lord and I'm His servant. And His works will I do. There's little use today for you to stand up and raise your hands and say, Hallelujah, I worship the Lord. If when you leave this place, the Holy Ghost tells you how to live and you won't live that way. And the Bible instructs you what to do and you won't do those things. You cannot worship Him unless He is your Lord. And if He's your Lord, you're His servant. And His works you will do. says when they tell us y'all are carrying this Jesus business too far we're talking about the Lord this morning we have become near fanatical enough amen y'all are too loud down there at that church I'm telling you friend it ain't even got to normal yet we haven't got to worry about going overboard we ain't even got normal with Jesus yet we ought just go ahead and pull Yeah. Just- 
Yeah. I pray his master just to reach down yeah. and pat him on the head. Yeah. Just to show him a little bit of affection. Yeah. And you say, I don't like that kind of analogy. Yeah. I don't guess you'd like Matthew 15 very much. Yeah. And Jesus said, it's not me. Yeah. disciples of him now. They said, you're his disciple. We're disciples of Moses. We're not going to follow him. That man didn't even take a, he didn't even take a second breath. That didn't even bother him an ounce. You mean you fellas ain't going to become his disciple? It ain't going to stop me from becoming his disciple. I'm going to follow him. He'll be my Lord. If everybody else goes with Jesus, that's great. I want you to go. But if you don't go, I'm still going his name. Why I worship him? I worship him because he's my Lord. <laughs> I worship him because he is my life. John 14 6. Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. <laughs> this man was living but he didn't have a life. I mean he was just sitting around in darkness. Had never seen the light of day. Had to never know what it was. He had heard people talk about the bright sunshine. And he could feel the heat, but he never saw a ray of sunshine. He heard them talk about green grass. Had no idea what they even meant. He didn't know what a white cow was. He didn't know, my friend, what a blue sky was. He had never seen the face of his old mama and his own daddy. He'd never gone into church house and seen others when they raised their hands to worship the Lord. He had never looked at one page of the Word of God. He had never picked up a songbook and read it's a grand and glorious feeling as a go. He had lived, but he didn't know what life was all about. Until a man 
him the first time he saw what a blue sky really was. Wouldn't you like to talk to him? The first time he knew what a ray of sunshine really looked like. Wouldn't you like to have him describe for you what he saw, what he felt about the first full moon that he ever saw or the stars in the heavens or the first time he saw his own hands or when he first looked in the face of his mom and his dad and those that loved him. Wouldn't you like to have been there the day when he said, Lord, who is he that I may believe on him? And then Jesus said, Thou hast both seen him and I am he that talking with me. And when he realized he was looking at Jesus, this blind man seems something I haven't seen yet. I have not seen Jesus, but he has opened my blinded eyes. And studying this blind man lets me know one day I'll get to see him. He'll talk with me face to face. We'll know as even also we are known. I tell you, I worship him because he's my life. Oh, the world says you'll mess your life up if you go become a religious fanatic. Brother, this is my life. (laughs) It's the reason why that I live. Hallelujah, Jesus says, because I live, you live also. This is my life. Well, if you're going to have a good life, like you quit all that preaching and giving all that money to the church, going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, business night, revival time, you quit spending all that time studying the Bible, you could be a hot beer or catching fish or going to garbage sales or whatever else. You could be running down the ballpark and all this kind of stuff. Whoa, and all that's true, I guess I could. But I'm going to tell you, I found something in the Lord that you cannot get from the bleachers. And you can't find it in any pond nearby. I've been to the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. And it ain't in there either, friend. I've been on both coasts and it's not found there. I've been to Walmarts and I've also been up to the Riches. And I've been in Nordstrom's and the high dollar places. I have ridden in worn out vehicles. I have ridden in those $100,000 cars. I've been on yachts. Oh, friend, but I'm telling you, I can't find anywhere what I found in Jesus. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's a fish of 10,000 to my soul. This morning, because it's the only thing I know how to do. I'm doing what I'm doing this morning because it's what I was put on planet Earth to do. Amen. 
And I'm not living for Jesus because I've run out of other options. I'm living for Jesus because this is the best one that's ever been presented to the planet Earth. And it's the only one if you ever plan to get to heaven. Amen. He's my life. He's my life. Oh, John 1 and 4 said in Him was life and the life was the light of men. Deuteronomy 30 and 20 says that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey His voice and that thou mayest cleave unto Him for He is thy life and the length of thy days. Galatians 2 and 20 I said I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And Colossians 3 and 4 said when Christ who is our life shall appear and then shall you also appear with Him in glory. John 10 and 10 said the thief cometh but to steal and to kill and to destroy but Jesus said I am come that she might have life and heaven more abundantly that sinner face when he's in the pleasures of sin that is living but he does not know life until he knows the Lord it is the Lord who gives us life hallelujah in Genesis chapter 2 and in verse number 7 he said let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness and he formed man the dust of the ground but in verse number 7 it says and he breathed in his nostrils and he became and he became a living soul our life comes from God all the brilliant pointy headed intellectuals of our day cannot even make one blade of grass they cannot my friend create life life comes from God life God is the life source. God is the life giver. Why would you worship Him? Every heartbeat belongs to Him. Every breath belongs to Him. Oh, we're eating His food. And we're drinking His water and breathing His air today. I worship Him because He is my life. And then on top of all of that, He said if you eat of that tree, have the knowledge of good and evil, said you'll die. And He did eat of that tree and he began to die naturally that day and he died spiritually oh and all of us were born in his likeness of Adam and born after his similitude and his sin but thank God ye who once were dead have trespasses and sin Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You come to church and you sit on the pew and you wonder what everybody's so tore up about. I mean, why are they acting that way? And that fellow over there, it's like something's done crawled up his pants leg. And uh, this one over there, she's got tears flowing off her face. And I don't know what they all are so tore up about. And you're just here out of curiosity. You're just here to try to see what all's going on and why it would be that way. And I'm listening. I'm not glad you're here. I'm tickled to death that you have come this morning. But I'm telling you, you don't have to sit around and just watch. You can know the Lord in the life that is in the Savior. I mean, hey, 
you know why? That they are experiencing something you're not. Because you're dead. And dead folks don't experience nothing. But if you let the Lord resurrect you, you can walk in the newness of life. You can have lives. Hey, dead folks don't smile. They don't laugh. They don't cry. They don't shout. They don't praise God. But folks that's alive get to do those things. And Jesus bring life into my soul. It's not just these hands that are alive. It's not just these feet that are alive. It's not just this body that's alive. But He breathed life on my soul. I'm alive down in the inward man. And sometimes that man inside gets happy. And when he does, I get happy all over more than anywhere else. And it makes me want to laugh and it makes me want to cry. It sets my soul on fire. I praise the Lord for His life that's in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless His name. Some of you didn't ever want to be like this. And some of you didn't want to be like this, and now you're like this. Amen. I always wanted to. As a boy growing up, I always wanted to be like that, and I couldn't. And these boys and girls in the church house this morning's like that. You've grown up in church and you've seen the folks at the house of God. And those people have been so kind to you and so gracious to you and have loved you so much that you've grown up in a church pew and said, I would to God I could be like them. I'd watch those old time preacher men preach. And I'd sit there as a boy and I'd say, Lord, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like them. I'd watch them old saints of God worship the Lord and pray. And I mean, I knew they knew how to get a hold of God. I'd bow my head and it's just words. And I knew what I had was empty. And I said, Lord, I sure do want to be like one of them. But I couldn't be like them because I wasn't alive. Oh, but praise God for the blessed day. <laughs> it's been nearly 26 years now. This month will be 26 years, that blessed day, when the Holy Ghost come my way and said, if you want to come with me, you can be like one of them. I'll give you life and life abundantly. I'll give you life forever. I'll give you life, eternal life, everlasting life abundant. Oh, thank God. And I said, yes, Lord, yes. And He saved me out of my sin. I'd put life in my soul. And I didn't shout tonight I got saved. But it took me less than a week to get him there. Amen. I wanted it so bad. I wanted to be able to worship the Lord. I didn't even know what I was worshiping. Like that woman at the well. I didn't even know why that I was worshiping. Oh, but for 26 years I've known why. Woo! I worship Him because He's my Lord. I worship Him because He is my life. Hallelujah. Oh my. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Watchman Nee was persecuted greatly for his preaching. They said, well, shut him down. He won't preach no more. The communist government of China attacked him. 
They cut his tongue out to shut him down and keep him from preaching. And they could keep him from saying an audible word properly. But they could not stop him from declaring the word of God. He worshipped God though he could not say a word. He worshipped God. And he sat down with a pen and began to work writing. And instead of preaching he went to writing. And he touched more of my friend with the printed word than he ever touched with his voice. Before his tongue was cut out. And you know what he had to say about his experience? He wrote a book about 150 pages long. And he said his experience was just a normal Christian life. You'll try to stand up for God. And the devil and the world will come against you. But don't give up and don't quit. Just keep serving God. Overcome the obstacles that you face. Along the way and serve God. Live for God. And deal with what circumstances you have to. But keep leaning on the Lord. He said it's not out of the ordinary. Life. I tell you, if the life of God lives in you, there's not a thing in the world the devil or the world can do about you worshiping God. Just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Because He's my Lord. Because He's my life. And then I'm closing this morning. It's because He's my love. Did I already mention that I love Him? <laughs> oh, how I worship and adore Him. Matthew 22 and verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked Him a question, tempting Him and saying, Master, which is a great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto Him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus sat at meat at Simon's house. And a woman in town came in and worshipped Him. And she washed His feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And the Simon thought in himself that the Lord had knew who this woman was and what a sinner that she was. He had never let her touch him. And he said, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And Simon said, Master, say on. He said, Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, that she has washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. She is worshiping the Lord at the feet of Jesus, like that dog I talked about. He said, My head with oil, thou didst not anoint her. Woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. I won't tell you why that I love him this morning. I love him because he first loved me while I was in my sins. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved me while I said in my sin. Have some of you that's here today, friend. If this congregation of people knew you before you ever got saved, they wouldn't have liked you one little bit. If they'd have known the person you were before you knew Jesus, they would not have enjoyed who you were or how you acted. They wouldn't have liked your nasty mouth. They wouldn't have liked your dirty, sinful habits. They would not have enjoyed being 
where you were. Some of you that's here today, you didn't enjoy who you were yourself. You looked in the mirror, didn't even like the person you saw in the mirror. Oh, but thank God. When you couldn't love yourself. And when you made it hard for everybody else to love you. And Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves you in the midst of your sin. When nobody else wanted to be near you, He did. When nobody else wanted you close by, He did. When nobody else was willing to forgive, He did. When nobody else wanted you to be their friend, He did. Oh, you know why I love Him? Because He first loved me. Oh, and then He makes me love everybody. I mean, He is my that's why I worship Him. He's my love. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something else He did that makes me love Him. When He started loving me, and He made me love Him, and He made me love others, He made me a little easier for others to love. And I found out found out that some of that crowd that didn't like me, they did love me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it made the Lord in my life made me a little easier to love. Amen. Oh my. Hallelujah. And you know what else he did? He gave me people around that love me even when I don't always do right. I left my 
wife and just told them, I don't love them anymore. Freedom's okay. I just don't want to be your friend anymore. I've had churches say, we don't want you to come preach here anymore. I've had Christians say, I'm not going back to that church. But that man preaches no more. But not one time in my whole life has the Lord stopped loving me. But the Lord never has. He told me such. He's always just reassured me. I surely love you. I surely love you. I know you've done wrong, son, but I'll forgive you and I'll love you. I know you don't always do right, but I still love you. I know you failed me, but I love you. And you need to tell me we'll go too far worshiping a God like that. When you don't have any money in your pocket, he loves you. When you can't even walk without him holding your hand, he loves you. When you deal with loss and failures, he loves you. When you try to sing and can't stay in tune, he loves you. When I try to preach and fall flat on my face, he still loves me. I'm saying I worship him this morning because he's my I'm wondering about you this morning. That crowd filled the whole church full of people. Chapter 8 and verse 59, he just had left the temple. And all that crowd outside the temple, and all those officers has been questioning this man. And yet the first person that the Bible says in chapter 9, he may not be the first one who did, but it's the first one the Bible says that in chapter 9 who worshiped the Lord was this kind of man. All these people at church... And nobody worships the Lord. What a shame. I wonder this morning, have you come to church and sat on the pew and said, Wow, look yonder at that blind man. You look, look yonder at that preacher. Look yonder at that one on that pew over there has been acting up. Look yonder at that one over there has been squalling and carrying home waving his hands. Wonder why he's acting like that. I don't feel like worshiping the Lord. Maybe if you're saying this morning, you forgot how he opened up your blinded eyes one day. How he washed all your sins away. How he made you a new creature in Christ. Maybe you've never been saved this morning in your heart. You sure would like to know what I'm talking about. And you say, I wonder what nation folks act that way. They know what it's like to have been able to say, whereas I was blind. Guitar, Jr. Have y'all sing for us that song that the Lord loves me? Oh, what a blessing it is to be saved. Makes me want to worship Him. Makes me want to praise Him. Makes me want to love His people. Makes me want to love sinners this morning. Makes me want to preach another sermon and sing another song. And go to another church service. And read another verse again. And pray again and shout again. You know what it does to me, Brother John? It makes you want to just grab everybody and just tell everybody that I love them. I mean, that love of God is just in my heart. It just makes me want to love everybody. 
And I know Brother Tom, before he got saved, I might not have liked him. But this morning, I want to make an angry out of you. Amen. Hallelujah. And Brother Tom knows who I was before I got saved. He might not like me, but praise God for the love of God. Yes. Yeah. all in my heart makes me love everybody. Yeah. And it's good enough for me. I wonder this morning, do you have the love of God? Do you have the life of God in you? Is He your Lord? Does it make you want to worship God? Oh, what in the world calls the boy when it comes from up north? Down here with a bunch of hippies in Harrison County that worship God is because there's a God in heaven to reach down. and say, Lord, I come to worship you because I love you. Because you're my Lord. Because the only life that I have is in you. He loves me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bless His name. Oh, my. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, we worship and we praise you. Hallelujah. You need to praise the Lord. You need to worship God. You need to be saved. You need to find out what this is all about this morning. You need to ask God to come in your heart. He'll be the dearest friend you ever had. (laughs) Oh, yes! (laughs) Praise God!
I'm glad I know Him this morning. Y'all sing. I've heard folks say, the Lord don't love me, He's mad at me. The Lord does get angry at sin, but His anger at your sin hadn't stopped Him from loving you. It won't stop Him from saving you if you'll repent of your sin and turn to Him. While God commended His love towards us, not when we've done good, but then that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> he didn't wait for you to get good so He could save you. If He'd been waiting on that, you'd have never got saved. You obeyed the Lord this morning. I've preached my goozle out and just tried to give you what the Lord's laid on my heart. I don't know what else, what else to preach. If I'd have known it, I'd have said it this morning. I've just tried to give you my heart. Have you obeyed the Lord? I just want to say I love the Lord this morning. It's good to be back home. This past week we've had to do a lot. I'm so glad in the midst of all that you have to face in life. I'm so glad God was there with you. Yeah, He's a faithful God. I'm glad I don't regret them all that I've traveled for the Lord. Amen. I've been saved for 21 years. I've been called to preach. I celebrated 15 years this year. And I just want to give Him the glory and the praises for it all. He's been so good to me and I don't praise Him enough. Amen. I'm telling everyone in this church that I love you. Amen. I don't always pray like I ought to for you, but I do love you. Tommy, I love you. I love you too. Yeah, much I love you. Thank you for what you stand for. Sure. How you preach. Being obedient to the Lord. Bless the Lord. Well, I think about it sometimes. Just a little old sinner boy. Growing up, growing up in a broken home. Never told about Jesus. I had heard about him, but I'm so thankful on January 9th that it became more than just a story. But it became something that is burning deep and down in my soul. And I'm thankful I got to a point where I realized there was nowhere else to turn but to Jesus. I'm glad He saved me. And how can you say that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And when I get discouraged, Praise the Lord. He'll do that to you. And I love everybody. I keep changing for the Lord. That's great. I don't care. 
Happy am I along the way to life eternal. Jesus has saved and washed my soul as wide as snow. Some of these days I'll reach my wondrous home supernal. It's a grand and glorious feeling as I go. Yes, sweetheart.